0: All right, we have some communication going on here. Um, Today we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is a continuation of some of Paul's thoughts on the power of the message of the cross. But he takes another step, which I think is good for us to make that step with him. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this, the Word of God, as it is um, revealed through his Apostle Paul. When I came to you, brothers… I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. But it's not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no ear, no eye has seen, no ear has heard and no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? And in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. May God bless the message of His Word today. Our generations today seem to be separated by a lot of things and As soon as I say that, I think, well, I think some of that's been true uh, for all of history. Generations tend to kind of focus on things that are important to them. Uh, Music, for one thing, kind of separates generations. I know my generation had the good music, and then after that, I don't know what happened. Uh, I try to listen to some of the younger folks music, and every once in a while I hear something that's pretty good, but guys, I just don't get a lot of what's going on. It just doesn't click with me. Uh, Fashions tend to separate generations. We kind of dress according to our generation, except one thing I was really encouraged to see just a few years ago, I noticed that some of the younger guys are starting to wear black socks with their shorts. Hey, we old guys have been doing that forever, Yeah. (laughs) So welcome to the club. But for the most part, things tend to push us apart. Technology. I know there's a group going and talking about technology this afternoon. And, and it, isn't it this afternoon or is it next week? This afternoon, yeah. And we older generations seem like just as soon as we get kind of caught up with what's going on, then something else has already happened and, and kind of running. However, there is one thing that I've really been encouraged that can bring generations together, that we all seem to like and we all seem to know. It's something we can talk about. Of course, what I'm talking about is, if I can get it to come up, there we go, superheroes. Superheroes is something that bonds the generations together. I've been so thrilled to see a lot of the movies coming out over the past few years that are made about the very superheroes that I read about in the comics as a kid. You know, I know these guys, and now you people are coming to know them too, and it just gives us this, this common bond, and it's pretty cool. For example, like Iron Man. Iron Man, what, what's the power of Iron Man? Where is his power found? In his suit, that's right. And really, he becomes a part of his suit, doesn't he? It all kind of bonds together. and You got Iron Man doing all these wonderful things to help people. Now, Aquaman is maybe not somebody that y'all have caught on. Have y'all caught on to Aquaman yet? Well, I put him in there because he's one of my favorites. Does anyone know what kind of powers Aquaman had? I'm hearing lots of things. He can swim really fast, but the coolest thing was that he had mental telepathy, and he could call all the whales and the sharks and all these these marine life to come in to eat up the bad guys. And so Aquaman's pretty cool. Who is it? See, you guys know this stuff. Isn't that good? Man, that's exciting. You may not can name the Beatles, but you know this, all right? Wolverine Wolverine had claws, doesn't he? And plus, he's got superpowers of healing within him. Uh, Wolverine's kind of a flawed hero in that he suffers uh, injury and pain, but he quickly is healed and goes out and, and does this thing to get rid of the bad guys. Of course, we've got to have the Hulk, Yeah, super strength whenever he grows angry. We may, you know, turn green when we get angry, but we don't go like this. I was just always grateful his pants stayed on. You know, it's, I never understood why everything else ripped off, but I was really glad that that happened. Now, this is one of my favorites. Anybody know who... The, well, it says it right there. The Green Lantern. Yeah. I kind of was a defender of the Green Lantern amongst my peers when we were younger. They were into other superheroes, but I always thought Green Lantern was cool. He had that ring, and that ring could do a couple of things that were just amazing. Force field. He could put out a force field with his ring, and he could make himself invisible with his ring. Now, wouldn't that be cool? Uh, admit it. Every one of you, at one time or another, have wished that you could turn invisible, right? And the things you could learn, right, if you were invisible. All right. Well, another one. Flash. Uh, what's Flash's superpower? His speed, he can run like crazy, and he can run so fast, he can even time travel, can't he, because he's going so fast. I know I've got too many of these, but I just like this. Thor, hammer, belt of strength, right? Thor is kind of one of the ones just coming around again, isn't he? Aren't there some Thor movies out right now, all right? Spider-Man, everybody loves Spider-Man. What's Spider-Man's superpower? Spidey, everything spider, climbing, webs. Uh, that's pretty cool. And then if you talk about superheroes, you have to put in, I mean, the ultimate Superman. Superman does everything. I mean, there's just rare, there's not any superpower that Superman doesn't seem to have. Now, one of the reasons superheroes tend to just kind of survive and pass from generation to generation. Don't you think that another thing we share in common is that all of us deep down inside kind of wish we had a superpower? Wouldn't it be cool if you had some kind of power that didn't come from within you but came from somewhere else and you could, could exert this power and you could live a better life for yourself and you could improve the world around you because of this power that lived in you? found a T-shirt the other day on the internet. I liked that uh, because I think that's a a good question because sometimes as kids, we just kind of think, maybe we do, maybe it's there, maybe someday it's finally going to pop out. Kind of reminds me of the uh, Super Bowl commercial from last year's Super Bowl with the little boy dressed up like Darth Vader. Remember that? And he was going around trying to do things and nothing would work. Then he went out and he went like that to his dad's car. Y'all know that commercial, don't you? Yeah. It's like, whoa. (laughs) Well, somewhere inside of us, we've kind of had that fantasy that maybe it's there. And maybe someday it'll work. Well, the text that we just read basically says there is a power from outside ourselves. There is a power that is super. There is a power that can come into us that can do things we could never do on our own. There is a power that can reside in us, that can make our lives so much better. And that power can also, if we allow it to work through us, benefit the people who lived around us as well. Let's look again at that passage. We're not going to read it again. It's rather lengthy, but I want to just give some summation statements. And I think if you read back over it while we're talking about this, these points are in there. Paul says this God's power is in the message of the crucified Christ. And we talked a little bit about that last week. We talked about how it is the crucified Christ who becomes our lens through which we should and can view the world. And it changes everything. It changes how we see ourselves, it changes how we see God. That the word of the cross, the crucified Christ, Changes everything. Well, now Paul goes a little step further and he says, God's power is in that message. The very power of the one who created all the universe, the power of the one who made everything, his power resides in that message, his word of the cross. He goes on to say that the power is in the message itself, not in the packaging of the message. I I love this part because Paul says, you know, I'm not a real good preacher. He says, I'm rather weak, I'm fearful, I came to you in trembling. It's not that I did such a great job. Paul didn't even have PowerPoint. Can you imagine? What can you do? How can you present anything without PowerPoint or Prezi or something? Paul says, I don't package my message up that way because I don't have to. Because the power resides in the Word. And he goes on then to say that God's Spirit works through the Word so we can understand what He has given us. And then the the last part, we put this together. The Spirit and the Word are closely connected. Now, this is one thing I think sometimes we don't really appreciate as fully as we should, that we have the Word of God. We know what God has said to us through His faithful servants. We believe that that message was inspired by the Holy Spirit. But what Paul wants us to know is, that through that word, the Spirit actually works in our lives. Now, the Spirit does so much more than this as well. Uh, I remember if, you're, if you were in churches of Christ in generations past, you, you might remember a big discussion we had. Does the Holy Spirit work out, outside the word or only in the word? Does anyone remember that discussion? All right. Well, I think the right side won that discussion. Because the Holy Spirit works in so many ways. It strengthens us. The Holy Spirit encourages us. He gives us peace. The Holy Spirit takes our prayers before God. There's so much that the Spirit that resides within us does. But in winning that argument, I think we lost part of it because we forget how much the Holy Spirit does work through His Word. That His Holy Word is power in our lives. That when we hear the Word of God, our lives can be changed. And when we allow the Word of God to come into us and we think about it and we meditate on it and we treasure it, that we have a power to go out then and change the lives of others as well. Now, let me give you an example in Scripture that I think really makes this point. And then we want to look at a few Scriptures that say the same thing as well. The example that comes to my mind is the example of Jesus uh, Jesus went out and was baptized by John. Do you remember what happened whenever Jesus was baptized by John? As he was coming up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Jesus received the full measure of the Holy Spirit. Now, question, and I, I don't mean to uh, be, uh, take lightly the powers of Jesus, but if there were a true superhero... Jesus had a lot of superpowers, didn't he? Jesus had the power of healing. And we know, you know that so much that Jesus did, so many of the miracles, walking on the water, you know, stilling the storm. All right. So the Holy Spirit came upon him with power, and Jesus had power. Now, if you keep reading the very next story, that Holy Spirit forces him to go out into the wilderness, and he runs smack into whom? Satan. Right, Which of his superpowers did Jesus use in his battle against Satan? The Word. Every time. Jesus and Satan had this showdown of power in the wilderness. And Satan was saying, hey, you've got superpowers. Zap these rocks and make them bread, blah, blah, blah. Jesus called upon the Word of God. And said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Satan said, go up on the temple and jump off and fly. And he said, the Bible says, Scripture says, don't tempt the Lord your God. Worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Let's find that interesting as we sit back sometimes and wish we had some kind of superpower. And the very power that got Jesus through his confrontation with evil is right here for us and the power of God's Word and the work that the Spirit does through that Word. Want some more passages that say the same thing? Let me give you some. We give thanks to God for this, that when you received the word of God that you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but what it really is. It's God's word, which is also at work in you believers. When Paul knew that he preached the word of God, that that word went into their hearts and it began to change them, it went to work in their lives. Well, what are some of the work that it does? Here's another familiar passage in 2 Timothy chapter 3. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful. To do what? Well, it teaches us what is true. It teaches us what's real. It teaches us what this world is all about. And it it calls upon us and helps us to realize what is wrong in our own lives whenever we allow the Word to come into us and to do its work. It straightens us out. The old King James Version says it reproves us and it rebukes us. It just grabs us sometimes. And if you dare to open the word and to read and to read faithfully, it will begin to take you apart. Which, by the way, that's going to be said in just a minute too. Anyway, it teaches us what to do that is right. It is God's way of getting us ready in every way so we'll be fully equipped to go out and do everything that God wants us to do. How does God get you ready to hit that world and to do the things that He wants you to do and to be the person He wants you to be. How does He get you ready? Through His Word. Through the power of His Word. Through the Spirit working in your life. Through His powerful Word. Another passage we all know, and I can't read that on the screen. It says, For the Word of God is alive and active. Where does it get its life? How can it be alive and active? Because it is possessed by the Spirit. The Spirit of God works within it. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You put enough Word of God in there, and it'll begin to take apart other desires and other things about you and help you to see what it is that God is calling you to do. James says, in fulfillment of his own purpose, he even gave us birth by the word of truth so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. God brings us to be his children through planting the word within us. Peter says, you have been born anew, not a perishable, but an imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, all its glory like the flower of grass, The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And that word is the good news that was announced to you. And one more. So faith comes from what is heard. What is heard comes through the word of Christ. As I read this passage in Corinthians and thought about what do I need to hear out of this passage I was convicted that as much as I love the Word of God, I probably have underestimated the Word of God. And how dare I have a Bible that sits on my shelf or on my table or stays in my briefcase or my backpack when within there is the power to make me the person God wants me to be. Those of us who believe, those of us who have received the Spirit, Need to commit to being people of the Word who are shaped and molded. Paul called upon me to remember that this week, and I wanted to pass the message on. I know many of you already know that, you practice that, you treasure the Word of God. But if you've ever wanted to have the superpower to live a great life and to help those around you, then open your heart, open your ears. Open your eyes and take in the Word every chance you can. And for those of you who have never committed, and perhaps the Spirit does not yet quite dwell in you, hear the Word of the Lord. God loved you so much that He sent His Son to die for you. And His death pays the price for the penalty of your sin, your misjudgment, your mistakes. And if you will but embrace the cross of Christ in your faith, put on and wear his name in baptism, then this same spirit that lives in God and with God will live in your heart and his word shall dwell there too. We're going to stand, we're going to sing, and I hope that as we sing this song, those of us who need to recommit to taking in God's word and recognizing its power will say, this is the week I start. For those of you who have never yet stepped out and acted upon the Word of God that is calling to your heart right now, there will be people standing around the perimeter of this room, leaders of this church. Go to them and let them help you find that power that God wants to put in your life. Let's stand and sing.